This is The Great Equalizer, a parenting podcast about the realities of being a mom or dad in modern Jersey. We are your hosts, Sam and Charlene, and we believe we're all rocking the same kind of crazy. So let's get real, let's get honest, and let's have a laugh about the ups and downs of our current upside down. Hashtag no judges. This week on The Great Equalizer, Sam gets them broody vibes. Charlene's trying to mount the horse again. And we revisit maintenance night. Kicking your sex life up a gear. With input from sexual health experts, Dr. Jeray Saifontaine. Hello. How are you broody? Oh, you must know. Babies, I, I don't look at like people with new babies and things. I know, that's why I'm Ooh, totally, totally surprised, yeah. Cause I look at newborns and I'm just like, thank fuck it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> so what has gotten you even though, even though I voiced my my want for a, for another addition to our house, like I don't feel like I'm done having kids. Like yes. I, I did open up about that last week, but Facebook, man. Brought ah. up a brought up a picture of my newborn baby boy back in 2017. That stuff will hit you right in the feels. Did I'm you telling see you, it, what, I saw it, and I remember him. Well, I met him when he was quite a bit old, a couple of weeks older than that. But yes, like man, what a cutie he! Yeah. So if I let me just say, for the first time since having him, I felt mm, okay. I could cuddle another one of those. Well, the good news is that that, <laughs> that means that you're probably ready then for another one. <laughs> well, speaking of being ready for another one, my bombing at momming has nothing to do with motherhood. Uh-huh. It has to do with me actually making time or, or asking my husband to make time for a date night on Saturday. You're definitely ready for another baby then. <laughs> yeah. We, we spent some time together mm-hmm. and enjoyed each other's company. Not in the sexiest of ways, but in a way that we like to. And we went and watched a movie. Oh, nice. Um, and we had a nice romantic dinner. Nice. I had a glass of wine. And it was just so nice to tune in and relax and not have... We got out of the car and we didn't have to take a little person out of the mm-hmm. car seat or get a backpack with some nappies or, you know. Whatever it is that you whatever need, it a is snack like we or a... have been accustomed to worrying about, I could just take my handbag. He could just put his wallets in his pockets. Look at us. And look at the we pair went. of us, how free we are. Freedom. <laughs> so I would say I'm bombing at momming. I think that was that's well a, done. Yes, that's a bombing at momming. I'll take that. Um, Bad mom moment. Man, I've been meaning to do groceries for like two weeks now. <laughs> I haven't. Let me just ask you, has the world ended? No. We had takeout two days last week and it's okay. So there's a little... We're still alive and kicking. Here's a little nugget for you. Yeah. The world will not end if you do not do all your duties. <laughs> <laughs> um, that and also, fuck this shit, but I forgot photo day last week. <laughs> I Okay, I was with you last week. I, I remember this. Yeah, what What's the deal? Tell our listeners. I, well... Ray dressed him that day and it was just an ordinary day and Ray put him in a faded green shirt and some shorts and like I didn't brush his other teeth. Day, I, didn't, oh, I did brush his teeth. I didn't brush his hair, which can get a bit unruly. And he had toothpaste all over his face and he was just a bit of a shit show. 
Um, and then on the way out, I heard another teacher talking and um, saying something to the kids about photo day. And I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Ah. And then I had a meeting with you. We had like a, a, a business meeting. And I had to like rush. To change, get a shirt to go from and get home. a change of, mm. like I could have left him. Like if I lower my standards and I just ease That's up on myself look on the and photos, whatever, yeah. I'm sure they'll brush his hair and wipe toothpaste off his face. But, you know. It would have bothered me too, I must be honest. Like it's not the end of the world, but. I give these photos away as gifts, you know, to the grandparents and whatever. And it's like, that's his year three, his third year of being photo. Yeah, it's like a memory. It's like the only memory you have. Also, I've, I genuinely feel like, what if my kid one day looks at that photo? He probably is still going to do that. But what if he looks at that photo and looks back at you and he's like, geez, mom, you couldn't have just at yeah. least like cleaned me up a bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I, I just like, I dropped the ball on that. Luckily, and I have to say, and that's why we do this show is I was like cursing myself and then I saw in the parents group like a lot of the other parents like, yes, the form is signed and it's in so-and-so's bag and everybody had the form ready to go with the money and whatever and I was like, fuck this shit. How did you Oaks remember? And I didn't. I didn't, yeah. Um, and I got to school and handed the security guard a the T-shirts and shorts that I put him in that I wanted to put him in for photo day. And behind me was another mom doing, doing exactly the same. the same thing. And I felt tons better. You see, you might be in the minority, but you are definitely not <laughs> alone. So, okay. Speaking about not being alone, what did you do to fuck up this week? Well, first of all, after my horrid two weeks of having a sick family and me being absolutely of no, of absolute no use to anyone around me, um, I'm finally trying to get back on the horse again and... Managed to go for a run yesterday morning. Um, I'm just slowly but surely trying to ease back into my responsibilities. Um, my bombing at momming, I would say, we've been on a bad behavior streak with Josh. And for our loyal listeners, you would have heard me speak before about Josh's behavior. Um, he's a really good kid, but he's a very uh, sensitive child and he, he overreacts. He... I wonder where he gets that from. <laughs> he's he's a very emotional kid. So when something happens, it's really the end of his little world. And so he acts out as toddlers do. But we've had two consecutive weekends now in a row where the behavior has been really, really bad. And this weekend was another one of those. And he was just having meltdown after meltdown after meltdown. And it was severe. And I would say that my bombing at momming this time round was I did not lose my temper this time. Well done. <laughs> well done. I and just, that's hard, eh? It's really hard because, it's first of all, it's difficult to witness him behaving like that because I can clearly see him expending so much energy that it's physically uncomfortable for him. Like he's, he's distressed. Mm. So. And you've also been that angry. I mean, I've been that angry. Mm. Um, so you know it's a cuck feeling. You're not it's not nice to feel that way. Great, and so he's still your child, and he upsets himself to such a degree that he actually his body physically reacts. So he tends to get gnawed, and he sometimes vomits when he gets that angry. Um, and what infuriates me, and why I often overreact, is because I know that he is just going a temper tantrum 
so that he can get his way. It's not a question of I'm upset or I'm distressed or I'm scared or I know my kid. overwhelmed by the chemicals in my brain. I know he's overwhelmed by his emotion, but his overwhelming emotion is the fact that I can't get my way. And that's making me angry. And and good on you because that's an important lesson for him to learn. Well, sorry, kid. Welcome to real life because I want my way too. And my way is for you to shut the F up and behave. Like, let me reason with you. You won't give me my way, so sorry, you're not getting your way. You're going to learn the hard way. And he keeps saying to me while he's tantruming, let me be a good boy. Let me be a good boy. And I'm like... Well, how about you start? Like, be one. Yeah. <laughs> so a good boy would entail what? Getting his way and then being like, yes. thank you, mommy. You did yeah. exactly what I wanted. If you give me my way, then I'll be a good boy. This is his bargaining tool. This is his, you give me what I want and I'll show you I can behave. Mm. Which infuriates me, something mm. chronic. But anyway, I didn't... Well, well done for keeping cool. I didn't... Uh, I th- thought my husband was going to expire. Like, he, when he becomes really quiet and he just sits there shaking his head in exhaustion, then you must know, this is ex- he has expended all of his emotional energy and he was there. And I, I, just, I was just like, we're going to have to stick... You just... You handle Jess... Let Josh and I have this out because he's yeah. like, I worry you're going to beat him to death. <laughs> he said to me, I was like, no, I'm, I'm calm. Don't worry. I had it. I, I felt like I had it this time around. If I felt like I didn't have it, I would say to him, I know you're also tired, but you need to take over now. And yeah, it actually worked out fine. Bad mom moment for me this week. Um, I have totally let go of my responsibilities in terms of cleaning the house. It's just untidy and it is what it is i mean with our powers combined (laughs) our fridges would be empty but our houses a mess (laughs) and who cares i i am lowering my standards worst mom ever (laughs) as am i it's good to be in your company oh i love it welcome at my table sam (laughs) (laughs) look um shalzy palsy lest we forget that we are in the month of love oh how can we forget my dear sam uh because three weeks ago it looked like cupid took a strategic bomb over the retail (laughs) floors did it not (laughs) (laughs) okay well look i guess here at tge we like to turn v-day on its head make it less about the cutesy couples rubbish and more about our own pleasure and there ain't nothing wrong with that my friend Please remember, what we say on this podcast can only be considered the gospel on planets Sam and Charlene, respectively. Our kids and husbands can be assholes and angels at the same time. And only we're allowed to say so. And lastly, by virtue of the fact that we are women and it comes naturally to us, we reserve the right to change our minds and or contradict ourselves whenever we so choose. And we don't want to hear a damn thing about it. Hashtag no judges. Charlene, it's my favorite episode of the year, the one that takes me so far out of my comfort zone, I can't look my in-laws in the eye for six months after. (laughs) I forget you're such a prude, Sam, but also, I think it's because of my foul mouth (laughs) that you're so embarrassed around your (laughs) in-laws. This is also true, but also... um, uh, revealing certain um, intimate details it, it doesn't help. Um, ironically, though, I'm still a champion of sexual health. And with Valentine's Day come and gone, <laughs> I feel it's time to touch base 
with each other and our listeners to see where we're at in terms of all that. Well, now, if I didn't know any better, I'd say you're coming on to me. <laughs> I don't know. I might be feeling a bit more adventurous after today's <laughs> discussion. Okay, well, don't be a selfish lover. Let's fill in our listeners. Folks, our guest today is a qualified medical doctor who is passionate about all aspects of sexual health. Dr. Jeray Sarfontein helps patients with a range of sexual health-related issues, including contraception, painful sex, erectile dysfunction, premature ejaculation, HIV management, and STI management. Jeray is part of the team at My Sexual Health, a multidisciplinary team of sexual health professionals in Pretoria, Johannesburg, and Cape Town. And we are so privileged to have her join us now on The Great Equalizer to answer your pressing sex questions. Welcome, Welcome Jeray. Thank you. Oh, it's so, uh, I love this episode, uh, as uncomfortable as it all. makes me. <laughs> I was listening to our previous episode um, from last year around this time, and my husband as well, and he was like, I just can't stop giggling about, <laughs> about how uncomfortable Sam gets sometimes when Charlene gets down and just calls a spade a shovel. I'm a, I'm a big prude. Okay, I don't so know why you're one of the conservative types that we need to sort out. Exactly, <laughs> okay. exactly that. So, okay, Doc. We like to get to know our guests a little bit more intimately, though not that intimately. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we just want to know who calls you mom. Okay, so I've got two boys that calls me mom. Uh, a four-year-old that recently broke his leg, so he is a one-year-old basically again. Oh needs to be carried around, and Sam knows all yeah. about this. I do. <laughs> it's terrible. I do. And then I've got a one-year-old, so. Um, Four and one, and they are best friends and worst enemies, and they call me mom. And I've got a husband that's awesome, and he helps me a lot. And then two bulldogs they can't talk, but <laughs> they definitely also, mommy. You're also their mom, and a parrot that calls me Jedi. If my, in my <laughs> husband's voice is it so an African grey? African grey. Oh, right. So um, it's my husband's annoyed voice that comes out <laughs> out of my African grey. So that's what's going on at home. <laughs> I love that. That's so cool. <laughs> so okay, on this show we normally have a discussion about sex after babies which I mean you're in it now I mean a one-year-old like yo I mm. don't know I was a bit of a mess I was a bit of a shit show so well done for coming here you you look great Thank you. you've mm. showered <laughs> you know you you like put together okay yeah, yeah. Call it dry you shampoo <laughs> <laughs> don't I know it amen sister <laughs> okay but today we want to take it a step further for those couples who are also parents who may want to start coloring outside the lines um, so I guess we'd get straight into it. Um, I mean, we live in a very conservative nation. Um, and we often talk about maintenance night and just actually getting it done, making that appointment. And I would say that this is when you keep things vanilla. You know, I once read an article on like meat and potato sex is like what you need just to get by. <laughs> Rice flies in out of the bowl. Versus gourmet sex. And that's like when you have a little bit more time on a Saturday night or you've managed a date night somewhere and you can get a little bit more crazy. But I think as parents, those nights are, you know, few and far, few between. And far between. Yeah. And everyone's crazy is different. Yeah, I mean, exactly. my crazy might be like tonight. I actually put on some lingerie as opposed to just being in my t-shirt without underpants. I think my know? crazy, a lot of people would be like, "Oh, shame, Sam." <laughs> <laughs> my question is: We're gonna have some conservative listeners. Is it okay to be a little bit more vanilla in your sexual life, or is that kind of a red flag? No, I think it's about what you're comfortable with. So I often get the questions of. 
how often should we have sex? Is it okay if we don't have oral sex? Um, things like that. It depends on what you're comfortable with. And you're not going to know what your partner's comfortable with if you don't have the conversation. So, for instance, if I'm happy to have sex once a week and missionary style is all we do and that's it, and my partner's happy with it, then what's the problem? Everyone's happy, everyone's on board, and right. that's what we need to stay connected. But if I feel my partner is boring and I want something else, then then it becomes an issue. Because if you've got this underlying boredom, it becomes resentment. Mm. And then you actually get to a point where you have sexual avoidance because your partner's not doing it for you, but the poor guy doesn't know it, so you mm. didn't voice it. So going all vanilla is fine if both parties are happy with it. Mm. But if you feel you're missing out and you need to address it because having pleasurable sex is the fundamental part of sex. Yes. I mean, that's why we have sex because it's lacquer. Yes. And um, if you, it's a very selfish thing. So if you don't get something out of it, why are you doing it? Mm. So if you're not happy, talk to your partner, but vanilla is okay if you're both happy with that. I also, like, that's, I think that's, uh, that's, great, that's yeah. great advice. I've just, when you were talking, it made me think of, some people, and I've seen it in in my surroundings, have uh, or find pressure uh, or get pressurized by what you see and read about, mm. like on how regular you should be having yeah. it. Or I know that guys also are more verbal. I don't know if guys talk about sex or if they talk to each other about how often they they get it at home. And there's that stigma of oh, once you're married, you never get sex anyway anymore. And I I certainly at times in my life have felt. Am I giving it to him enough? And I think what you're saying about a conversation is very important. I suppose the question is how to have that conversation. Well, here's the thing. You know, we, we have some questions from a few listeners. And here's one from a mom who wants to broach the subject of being a little bit more adventurous and, and wants uh, ask that very question mm. on just like how do you broach this subject mm. how do you have that discussion with your partner so it's a question from megan m from kyalami and uh, megan says hey sam and charlene i'm curious about how to approach my husband on the topic of being more adventurous with games or toys in a way that doesn't make him feel inadequate i don't want him to think i'm replacing him i just want to enhance the fun even if he's in control mm -hmm. so that's something that we talk about in the structures on a daily basis, basically, because there's a lot of um, of my patients, male and female, that have the difficulty of talking about sex. Um, I rarely see couples who are exactly on the same page sexually. So there's often one that's more conservative. So I think it depends on where, where you are in your relationship. So the first advice I can give, I, I think the most listeners are already in a relationship, but... When you enter a relationship, start early. Mm. So start off with talking about sex, and then it becomes the norm of your relationship. It's quite natural. It's natural. You yeah. talk about it. It's part of how you develop and you grow. But it's never too late to start talking about sex. So if you initially it might be a bit awkward, but it will become more comfortable. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's like a bandit. Just rip it off and talk about it. But one approach is don't talk about it while you in the act because oh, right. if that could make a person feel it, uncomfortable or shy or it's just too much pressure mm. so if you say listen um 
you are not doing it this way, then uh, during the act, your partner might feel mm. very critic- uh, critiqued and it's very difficult to digest. And the next time you will just avoid everything and mm. it's just <laughs> downhill from there. Mm. So it's never too late to start talking about sex and t- sexual fantasies, but maybe set out a time and prepare your partner, especially if your partner is the one that's very conservative. So just warn him and say, Listen, love, I want to talk to you about something and I know it's not a comfortable conversation, but I really think we need to address it and let's talk about it tomorrow. So just prepare yourself and think, get your thoughts around it and we'll talk about it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then just maybe um, tell him the things that you want to discuss. What's your fantasies? What type of simulation do you like? Things of, like that. And then he's prepared. Yeah, so so when he you doesn't talk, walk around yeah. for two days like, what, what? is this dreadful yeah. thing I have to yeah, hear so about tomorrow? <laughs> Tell him, but it, it's not like this. Okay, sit down. We're going to talk about sex. I'm like, um, I'm going to cut the grass. So um, just let, let's avoid it. So just prepare him. And then we can take it slow and then talk about uh, fantasies and things like that. Communication is very important. Mm. And all our lives evolve, our relationships evolve, and sexually we evolve as well. So you need to stay on par with that. I was just going to say that makes me think uh, actually about a conversation I had with my husband the other day where you your, your sexual appetite is obviously different depending on how things happen to you. But he asked me outright the other day, I, I don't know if it was my reaction while we were being intimate that made him suspicious or brought this question up, but he was like, do you still enjoy this particular thing I was doing as much as you used to? And I guess my face just wasn't selling it as much as, as I used to in the past. But I suppose it also depends on the headspace that you're in. And I said to him, no, I was just really lost in the moment. I don't know what my face was saying, but it was, it was lovely. Thanks. You can do that again, you know? Um, so I suppose it is also difficult and it's great that he was bold enough to ask yeah, that yeah. question but he didn't ask in the moment thank god yeah, asked, that would have been weird i would have been snapped out of where i was mm. being like lost in the moment and he would have just snapped me back and it would have spoiled everything i suppose so that was good on him for taking the time you do you guys do communication really well i've got to say Sometimes I feel like we haven't spoken in days. So that's something that weighs on my mind a lot. Like you were saying earlier, um, if it works for you or how regular you do it or whatever. I do do often have to think, are we we talking about this enough? Are we we doing that enough? And I suppose it depends on if it bugs me, voice it. And then then we'll find out. Okay, well, Jared, look, it's all about, I think, the difficult conversations. Mm. That's where, where we're going with this. And we have um, a question from another listener who wants to know if uh, fulfilling certain fantasies or being bolder in the bedroom might not be such a great idea, particularly for parents, I would say. She sent us a voice note. So uh, hold fast. Here is Carla T from Randberg. Hello, ladies. I've got two questions. Firstly, uh, role playing in the bedroom. How would you do it without it being super fucking awkward? Um, And then secondly, open relationships. So bringing a third in the bedroom, is that something worth trying if both people are interested or is that a definite no-no? And then as a complete aside, any recommendations on affordable uh, toys? You know, you don't necessarily need something with three heads and 2,000 settings and that's can survive a lava attack. (laughs) 
that. I love it. It's ag. What a bold question about the third party. I must say, I'd yes. love to. I'd love to explore. And this. I think you're. I mean, I don't know. We don't talk about this even among girlfriends. We just like you. You've the 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 point of the show is that we take a no judges approach. So, yeah, so if that's what you're into, like yeah, exactly. power to you, girl. Like you do that. I'm too insecure to have a third party in I'm the bedroom. I'm too scared I get judged. You know, I t- look. It's not for me. I got to be honest. I'm the prude in this in this trifecta. But um, let me ask you this, Sam. On that note, when you think of a, of a threesome, you're automatically assuming another woman and your husband. Or are you not thinking, necessarily, oh, Charlene? Because I'm like, I'm, I'm good with two guys. Don't bring another woman into this equation. Okay, well, let's let Jere answer this threefold question, Doc. Um, I don't know if you recall. So the first part was about role play. Mm-hmm. That's a tricky one. Um, for my, myself, it's quite tricky as well because um, I think with my line of work, I'm not conservative, mm. but I'm shy. So I'm not going to do karaoke, so I won't do role play. So <laughs> yeah. if you understand what I'm saying, so yes. I, I just can't get myself to do that. I'm just not comfortable with that. But I think if you into role play or you want to try it out, start with something basic. Yes. And um, obviously, if there's kids around the house, get a time where they can't walk into the room or <laughs> get the nanny involved or go somewhere else. And I think maybe a good idea to start role play somewhere else because then it's part of the whole role playing thing. It's not in your bedroom. It's not the familiar place. You- I'm sorry for interrupting you. I'm just laughing at you saying get the nanny involved. These Hollywood oh, no, stories no, no, about no. the <laughs> nanny. <laughs> the husband cheats with the nanny. That's not okay, what, no, that's no, not, not what she meant. meant. Not what I meant. Get the, the nanny to occupy the children. Exactly. <laughs> so get alone time, and then you can explore that. I don't have a clear answer on how to initiate it or how to start with it, but I think take it slow mm. and maybe talk about it in advance because. Mm. Sex, unfortunately and fortunately, is a balance between excitement and inhibition. So it's the seesaw. Ah, On uh the one side, you've got sexual excitement. On the other side, you've got sexual inhibitions. As the one goes up, the other one will go down. Okay. So if something's very exciting, your inhibitions are going to go out the door. Okay. But if you're not comfortable in the situation, your inhibitions are going to creep up. And then regardless of how arousing the situation can be, the excitement's not going to get there. Okay. So just that's where I just keep, I sound like I'm getting stuck on something, but communication is so Mm. important because you need to know what your partner is okay with. Mm. So that's a discussion that you need to have in advance. And then, like I said, just take it slow. Mm. Um, That's all I can say about that. I I feel like, I mean, I'm no professional, but I feel like it's it's twofold for me, the whole role play thing. And that's like, I'm not gonna, my husband and I just kind of know each other too well and if so if i dress up like princess leia in the gold bikini and he fulfills my fantasy of dressing like chewbacca <laughs> it is oh my god i have a visual <laughs> i know your husband i have a visual this is amazing look it's not gonna happen no. because we're gonna laugh it's gonna be hilarious but think of modern family yeah you know where they go to the hotel there's a you outside of your familiarity that's what I'm outside saying, of yeah. your space mm. so that's what i say maybe if you start off with it it's don't do it in your familiar of, place because yes. your bedroom is where you know i know myself and i know my husband that's our environment and to get a different person that mm. we're role playing there is just weird but if you go to a hotel room and it's then out of your comfort zone, exactly. it's, it's something different. Yeah, so then I suppose also role play could be something as simple as Rhett and I used to joke when we first started dating. Um, 
I I told him that what I liked about him was how good he was at flirting with me. It made me feel it it wasn't obvious flirting. I really was intrigued by it his was flirting. Intellectual flirting. Yes. Mm. And so he would often we'd go on a date and he'd go he'd get up to go to the bathroom and he'd come back and he'd pretend to flirt with me like he's picking me up, like he noticed me from across the room. <laughs> it's stupid, <laughs> so it's silly, but it's it was cute for yeah. us. Like if he does it now, I'm just like oh, Fuck, sit down. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but he, 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 it's thrilling. And so role play, it doesn't have to be this like I'm standing here with whips exactly. and whatever. It could be something as simple as that, I, I imagine. it is yeah. standing there with whips, it's also fine. Exactly. Yes. So yes. it's it what I look like with. that. Yes. That's if you need Fifty Shades of Grey, go all out there. Mm. But if that's not what you're comfortable with, like I said, the excitement inhibition side, the inhibitions are just going to creep up and you're not going to get there. Okay, so let's chat about that third party. I mean, I really think a lot of people won't like to talk about this, but there are there's a reason threesomes exist, guys. Yes. People like to mm. do them. So... Is it a good idea for parents? I just have to say the only threesome, sorry to interject here, the only threesome that I will ever have is... Javier Bardem. <laughs> no, no, would be it could be anyone. Doesn't, I don't mind. I don't mind how they look. It will. I will have a third person in my marriage, not for sexual reasons, and the bedroom will be off limits. But you are welcome to come and just live in my home and butter the rolls. I hate buttering rolls, <laughs> and my husband hates buttering rolls. So when we have so a bride, he's like, "Where is that third person? We need to get into this marriage to butter these damn rolls." <laughs> okay, so yes, so I think with. Third parties, it's actually more common that we know. I see it a lot in my practice. And I think the beauty with my practice is this is a safe environment. So mm. people can come here and they talk to me about things. And I've had patients that been coming here for four years, five years. And then all of a sudden like, oh, I need to test for STIs. I'm like, why are you married? And just give me a bit of background. And like, oh, no, actually, um, we have a third person involved in our relationship for the last two years. I'm like, Okay, great for you. And it's it's common am- amongst the Afrikaans people, amongst the English people, but like you said, it's not voiced. So people Mm-mm. don't talk about it. Mm. And the listener's question was, is it okay if you're a parent? Regardless if you're a parent, if you're a lady of 60 or the kids are older. You're still a person. You're still a person. So... If, Amen. So if you Amen. are, <laughs> you're still a person. You yeah. just because you're a parent doesn't mean that your your needs or your desires now automatically have to be oppressed or they disappear for that and matter. Just because you're a parent doesn't mean that you need to go all vanilla. So like mm. we we spoke about earlier. So if you want to explore things and you want to go for more erotic side of things. Being a conservative mom doesn't have to be your life. You can still be a mom and you can still enjoy your bedroom. And I read an article the other day, um, just approaches to um, low libidos and libido discrepancies. Because like I said, I've never seen someone, a couple who's exactly on par with their libidos on the same time. So the one's high now and the other one's low and then vice versa, chops and change. Mm. So the approach was talk about it and get a... um, get halfway and meet each other and things like that. But the last point on that whole thing was get a third person involved. So if your partner's libido is much higher than yours, then maybe consider a third party. And I read it and I'm like, um, that's a bit weird. And I spoke to my husband about it as well. I was like, um, please don't share that post with anyone because then they're <laughs> going to think that's what we're into. And I didn't mention it when I spoke about low libido management, but it got me thinking. So if you are in a boring space in your life and you want to spice things up and 
all parties must are be okay giving with consent, mm. then it's fine. Polygamy is not a problem. And it's I suppose just about also consent. the parameters mm. within that. Like you have to, as a couple, decide what's off limits exactly. in that equation, what what we're not prepared mm. to do and what we are prepared to do and what purpose. And also the, the third party is not just this tool that you're using. They also need They're to be person too. comfortable exactly, and yeah. in agreement with what's happening. Mm. Yeah. Look, it's an interesting one. On the and on the subject of, of toys and lube, I mean there's some people that haven't even ventured into that mm-hmm. and this listener had the, the similar question of where do you get affordable ones? But we also had the question um, among listeners, it was quite common of where you go shopping. And this I'm super passionate about this because I mean I'm a prude, but I've at least gone shopping. Mm-hmm. You know? And can we just dispel this myth that um Sex shops or online sites are gross and, and smutty and dirty and yeah, because you, I mean, they, and they are brilliant. Mm. Jure, you'll be able to elaborate on this. There are brilliant lubes and other products that you can't necessarily get at Discam oh. or Clicks, even though they've really come to the party in the last few years of of stocking uh, sex products. There are classier alternatives mm. than your like Loveland and all of that. And so. I think that's the beauty with online shopping. So exactly. I think as a parent, I love online shopping mm-hmm. because it gets time to go to Discam and um, go to Willy. So it just makes it much easier to shop online because you mm. don't have the time. But the beauty with online shopping, getting to sex toys, is it's not this awkward thing about, okay, you've got – um, this lube and this vanilla flavored candle, and mm. you've got this, and you have to watch look someone in the eyes like, okay, ring it up, I'll and I'll, s- I'll yes. take all of this. Um, so, and even when the package arrives at your home, if it was something a surprise for your husband or something that you wanted to test out before you discuss it with your husband, it arrives very discreetly very and nicely packaged and wrapped. So, I think online shopping is ideal for, for sex toys, and I think to start off with it is go small so mm. we have this weird and wonderful sex toys that you see and like this listener said this three heads three and heads <laughs> and lava resistant or what did she say <laughs> so you don't need all of that so i always say with sexual stimulation it's not inside it's on top so the inside of the vagina doesn't have a lot of erotic areas yes. so it's about clitoral stimulation yes. so if you start off with the sex toy get something that can stimulate the outside mm. and a small bullet vibrator is ideal perfect mm. and it's the size of a thumb and it's just there for external stimulation so it's not something that you have to shove up and it's do funny scary. things it's not scary it's not scary not intimidating not, not yeah. at all mm. your partner can use it you can use it during penetration as well so then you can get, get a clitoral orgasm while your partner's inside of you so it's not this weird thing mm. and it's it's, like, it's, a con- it's not a contraption mm. no it's yeah. very small it's conservative if you think about it it's also if you think about men and being so aware of size does matter yeah. It's not intimidating to them where if we do use this thing you between bring the, out the yeah, two I didn't of us, think about that as well. Makes, makes me sense, feel yeah. like she wants this rather than mm. this because I'm obviously not big enough for her or whatever <laughs> that that stigma is, you know. Yeah, so I think that's a good starting point, and they 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 can be very cheap. You can get Discam and Clicks has got their own brands with mm. that yeah, as well. I love and that. Well done to Discam yeah. and Clicks for coming to the party with yeah, that. Yeah, so it's fantastic. So it's small, it's discreet, it's um it's a good place to start with. 
Yeah. I think everyone should at least have a bullet vibrator. Yeah. And the nice thing also is that you can buy online from Discem. Yeah. And then there are multiple um, uh, sex stores that or adult shops yeah. that you can buy from online as well. And also, like the the concept of it being smutty and and dirty, it's like going to. Um, Edgar's or any department store, you don't shop from every single department. There's exactly. certain departments that you go straight to because you know you like the stuff there or they have it in your size or whatever. So once you navigate the online site, there will be um, S&M stuff on there that you might not be interested in and you'll, you'll veer away from that page exactly. and you'll shop in a different mm. category. Well, I mean, I go to exclusive books and they have an erotica section. Mm. Just, you know, yeah. Do I go there? No. I like my my books that I read, you know. Yes. But do I judge people that do go there? No. No, not at all. So you want to go to the, the BDSM section? Go for it, guys. But for those who are more conservative and, and maybe vanilla, listen to Dr. Jeray about <laughs> the bullets vibrator. Those, yes. Yeah. They work wonders. And it also helps women, I think. Get to know their bodies. I think that's the main thing. So. What you were saying on the clitoral stimulation there to me was very interesting because I watched the Goop. Is it Goop Lab? Yeah, uh, Goop Lab. Goop Lab. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow has a show called Goop uh, Lab. On Netflix. On yeah, Netflix. Cool. And she had an episode, was the third episode in the series, and it was about female um, orgasm and knowing your body. And um, it, it's, it was such an enlightening episode to watch. So if you have a moment, Jurego, yeah, watch oh, it on look. Netflix. I was, and they actually video a woman having an orgasm. And also what they said there was interesting about what we see in pornography videos is this facial expression yeah. of the woman getting it given to her and in that kind of, <laughs> which is what creates this um, stigma mm. that you should just be taking it. But, well, part of the stigma is that as a woman, you should just be taking what's given to you. Yeah. But, but that's where we start neglecting the fact that we also, and there's a big thing we always say, we also deserve an orgasm. Exactly. And we also get to enjoy it. So we may as well say what we like. And there's nothing wrong with masturbation. So if you've got a bullet vibrator, you can, while the kids, if you stay at home mom and your kids are sleeping or at school, you can start exploring yourself and use your vibrator. And if you know how to please yourself, then you can communicate it to your partner because if you don't know which buttons to press, mm. how the earth on earth is going to know to how so to do important. it. Because also you have we have to think about single moms, women who have become yeah, yeah, parents. Yeah. I mean, your partner might have died, you might you might have gotten divorced. Yeah. It's difficult to date when you have children. It's difficult to yeah. be married whilst having children. Yeah. Can you imagine how difficult it must be to date no, when you have possible. kids? So it doesn't mean that your desires just come to mm. a grinding halt. Well, look, guys, we are running out of time, so we, I'm going to play our last question, um, uh, which is about navigating fantasies and responsible boundaries. I actually really loved this one. Um, it's from Lizzie Q from Four Ways. Uh, hold fast. He has her question. Hi, honey. So what an intriguing topic to be part of. Yes. So I come from a very, very um, discreet household where my parents were staunch Afrikaans, never spoke about anything like this, didn't even hold hands in front of us as kids. So, so them being affectionate was a very, very big no-no and obviously for me growing up I never saw something like that or never had an example of that. And then growing up obviously 
having different boyfriends and, and venturing into this topic, things really changed until I found my fiance. Look, he's crazy yesterdays, but we found each other's crazy kind of, um, especially with this topic. But my question is about fantasies and I'd love to learn more about really understanding your partner's um, fantasy. How does it work? Do you always, do you fulfill it? Do you not and leave it as a fantasy? Almost so that you you entice with the fact that you will one day? Um, or, you know, or, or how far do you stretch this thing? Because we've fulfilled some of them, actually most of them, so much so that there's a little baby girl. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I, I'd love to know more. Just a way a responsible boundary for me as a woman and me as a mommy and me as 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 a wife in the house or a fiance in the house but then but then also where do you where do you draw the line um i just i i would love to know the answer because there's a sexy self and then there's a mommy self and then there's all these selves and i just don't know how to do it or or, or where to way to draw a naughty line and a responsible line. I'd love for you to teach me. Okay, thanks honey, bye. Interesting question. I love oh. that question. I never thought about if it's a fantasy, once you fulfill it, is it still a fantasy? Yeah, I didn't think about it like that either. It's a very good question. And then if you've already fulfilled it, like... I don't sit and think up new things, new fantasies. Like, yeah. So because maybe your fantasy just remains the same, but then it's going to become monotonous if you have fulfilled it. It's interesting. So I think, again, communication, communication is just talk to your partner. And if, um, if it's something that is viable fantasy and that's actually something that you can do and you're comfortable and you're with. comfortable with it you can explore it but i think like she said um sometimes the fantasy is there just to be a fantasy and it's while you're in the act you can think about it and that's what turns you on and but as soon as it actually happens like okay been there done that got the t-shirt moving mm. on and how, where do you start with a new fantasy? Mm. But the one thing that bothered me about this question was where she asked, um, where do you draw the line, the boundaries as a mom? Mm -hmm. And again, we don't have to fit in a box that as soon as you become a parent, as soon as you become a mom, you have to like change your boundaries. The boxes needs to be a bit more slim fit. Because and now you're a mom, now you, you, you don't get to have you, these thoughts and, and desires anymore. And you have to anymore. be responsible and you need to be yeah, proper. You're not yeah. doing these things with your kid in the room. Exactly. So these, you don't have to change your boundaries as soon as you get, become a mom. And um, it's very difficult to juggle between being a perfect mom, being a perfect um, partner, being a perfect lover, and then if you're working in between, being a perfect professional person as well. Jeez, like the so, pressure. Yeah, so it's terrible, <laughs> but you don't have to be everything at once. Mm -hmm. So while you're a lover, you're not parenting. Right. So Put that aside and then don't think about, oh, Flip, okay, uh, my daughter, what example am I setting here? She doesn't see you, so don't worry about it and just enjoy yourself. So Switch your mom brain off. Yeah, exactly. And put your self brain on. Yeah. It's like when you go for a run, you don't think about, oh, if I want my kid to be a cross-country runner one day, they're watching me right now and am mm. I setting a terrible example? No, you just go for no, a run. Yeah. Just so for just a run. enjoy yeah. the moment. So mm. I think we need to, as parents, we need to 
move aside from, okay, listen, I'm a mom now and things have to change. It doesn't have to change. Mm -hmm. So you can definitely explore things sexually and... Um, as long I, as you're comfortable as and your partner's comfortable, comfortable with it, yeah. all boils down to what everyone's comfortable mm -hmm. with. I have one question. I know we're running out of time, but it, it made me think, this discussion made me think of it now. Um, I often think about how I will educate my children when the time comes and when they come of age to have these conversations, to have them be comfortable with their own sexuality and desires. How, as a parent, can you, I suppose it's not one conversation, it's multiple conversations, but is there a tip on when the time comes and I want to parent my kid on it's okay to masturbate and it's okay if you have these desires, to not feel shame or because I think as, as a, when I started de, uh, developing desires in my younger years, I remember getting these thoughts and these feelings and I would feel ashamed. You're going to hell. Yeah. About them. And yeah. I shouldn't be having these impure thoughts or whatever. But the body does what the body does. You can't Going help it. puberty is terrible with all the hormonal changes and everything. So, so as parents, how do we navigate... Uh, that with our children and make them realize that there's nothing wrong with them for having those desires. If it's consensual and you're exploring something that you're comfortable with and the person you're doing it with is comfortable with it, then it's okay. I think start young. We need to give a message that the genitals are okay because mm. as we got it's not off limits. Yeah, so the way I got brought up was go, don't touch there. So it's a haha place. It's so private. Don't, private. Yeah. Don't talk about it. Don't touch that. So I think the main message that we should give our kids is a vagina is a vagina and a penis is a penis. Start off with that first. Mm -hmm. The terminology. Give it a name. Like you have an ear and an elbow You've got an ear and, a and, foot. and an elbow, and it's, it's part fine. Of your it's body. part of your body, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you can wash it and you can clean it and you have to touch it. And then the older they get, then they're going to start naturally exploring things and if they touch it or you can with with boys for instance you can see them playing with the penises while they're on the toilet oh, or in the bath and it's yeah. it, it's just mine's increased the i keep asking do you need to eat my boy do you need to eat my boy no mom i'm just holding it exactly you know? <laughs> and that's fine and then well, the way to embrace it is just to tell him listen i know it's lacquer to touch your willy or your penis or whatever you want comfortable but stick to penis i think that's better but if you're playing with it, play with in private. Mm. It's okay to enjoy it, mm. but it's something that's private and gets done while there's not a lot of people watching you. Mm. So it's you give the message that touching yourself and self-pleasure is okay and it needs to be age appropriate. So mm. start young and say, okay, it's that normal part of anatomy and then the older they get, if you come into a situation where you see it, don't disregard it. Mm. Don't just brush it aside. And I don't think it's normal to have a conversation about normal masturbation with a three-year-old because they're not yeah. going to understand they it. They can't comprehend that. Not at all. Yeah. But if you start off with a three-year-old, your penis and your vagina, and that's part of you, and it's a positive thing, mm. the older they get, they'll be more comfortable. And then the relationship between the parent and the child will be more comfortable as well. So if these questions that come up, they know, I can talk to my mom about it and... If there's a problem, we can deal with it. Okay, cool. Ugh, this I, is another person that I want to have on pocket dial. No, I just want to <laughs> talk and talk and talk. I have a funny little anecdote that I have to tell you. Um, Joshua uh, explored, he was touching his penis or it, it grazed against something or rubbed against something and it, it became erect. Um, 
one day and he was asking me why is this happening so I explained to him sensation sometimes it reacts to sensation or if you need a wee it's just normal it's the way the penis reacts it's quite a normal reaction and he's like sometimes it hurts I explained to him that yes it will sometimes hurt but it's okay you mustn't worry and so I said to him sometimes when when um, it feels nice the sensation or a soft rub like when I tickle your back that feels nice you get goosebumps the penis reacts in the same way it becomes erect and so that's why it does that and he didn't say much about it we carried on um, it was quite a, an in-depth discussion to have with a three-year-old but he asked so I answered until yeah. he stopped asking and a couple of weeks later he's visiting my mom and it's early in the morning and um, he asks for some robust tea and his granny makes him some robust tea and he's sitting on the couch and he gets his tea and he takes his first sip and he says Oma, that tea was so nice it made my penis go hard <laughs> He obviously was getting um, like uh, just his normal morning erection or maybe it grazed against something and he just, because the tea was nice, associated that <laughs> sensation. <laughs> I had a good chuckle. I love it. <laughs> okay, look, guys, we're going to leave it at that. Okay. But Jerome, Dr. Jerome, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, I hope this uh, will not be the, the last, last time, time we talk to you. So. It was awesome. Thank you. Wow. How did that spice things up for you or what? Look, my mind has <laughs> certainly opened up quite a bit. Um, such interesting conversations. I, I swear I could, I could just talk to her forever. You know, I don't feel so bad uh, now about, not that I'm you need to unfulfilled feel bad. Or, or that I feel, need to feel bad, but I've been having thoughts lately that I'm just like, I'm really coming into my own as a person post- Baby becoming a mom, mom yeah. that I've allowed myself the thought of can your sexual tastes evolve? Yes, or is that it? Like you, when you start have having the sex, ceiling here, yeah, yeah. When you start having sex and you have your fantasies or you have your kinks or you have whatever it is, no matter what scale of the freak. A barometer you're on. You you're not set for life. <laughs> the freakometer. <laughs> the freakometer. Yeah, it's like either you're out the outlandish or you're not. Or like it just uh, like think about how many women peak in their forties and fifties. There's still room for this stuff, right? Because let's be honest, you do have um, a very different sexual appetite throughout your life. It it ebbs and flows. Um, very much the same way, and depending on what season you're in, exactly. But and and also having been with the same partner for a long time, it can become quite habitual. And this is just the way we do it. Like we Safe. follow, yeah. Not and and also if that is it for you, and you're both happy with that, like like maybe it generally starts off with some kissing and then it leads to that and then it leads to that and then we do it and then have position, your preferred position and then we do it in that way and, <laughs> and then so oh last night we changed it up holla we started with me on the top you know like cray. i don't know i mean so and maybe that's fine maybe, maybe you're okay with meat and potatoes right now that's yes okay. But Do you want to throw in week, a bit of gourmet? Like next week, maybe I might feel like some, some sushi ice cream? or something. <laughs> Do you want another course? <laughs> yeah. oh, Besides all of that, what's the bottom line for you? Two big things that uh, stood out for me was um, communication. 
conversation, conversation, communication, conversation, conversation. It's so odd that com- communication or conversations is the single biggest thing that impacts on relationships in general. Mm. And so often there's big conversations that we're not having with our partners or even with ourselves yeah, sometimes. Or with and our friends and bosses and colleagues and whatever. Any kind of misunderstanding or any kind of fight or disturbance or Mm. unpleasantness that happens is just because all the facts aren't laid out on the table, right? I mean, I also don't want to – I'm not saying that I want to expose every detail, although I do in this (laughs) conversation over here. I generally um, do bear the full Monty, but it's for the sake of I just want to feel – I don't – when I have a question and I want to ask my girlfriends over dinner about, said, I've been feeling this way, is it normal? Or I want to, in a safe space, be able to normalize a conversation surrounding sex without getting like raised eyebrows. And, and in the same way, I want to have that conversation with my partner. Mm. I, if, if he walks past me and he like rubs my shoulders a bit because he knows that I've been tense, I can very, very easily let out a sigh and be like, oh, that feels so good. Like my, my neck's been so, so tense. If I can verbalize that, why can't I verbalize when something feels good yeah. intimately? Yeah. You know? Um, so, and whether I be judged or not, that was a big bottom line for me. I want to I wanna normalize conversations about these things in my relationship and with my friends. Um, big time. Because otherwise, how are we going to normalize it for our kids? Exactly. Because I'm going to have to have these conversations with my kids. And if I don't have a level head about this, how am I going to guide them? Yeah. That's so as, the- as awkward as it, as it makes me and as prudish I am, as I am, I need to be more comfortable. I'm not saying I need to be outlandish and I need to be super freaky and I need to like experiment and do things that make me feel uncomfortable. No, but I need to know who I am sexually. Yes. And you can't, you can't change who you are. There are certain conversations surrounding sex that's going to make you feel uncomfortable and that's fine that you can't change who you are, Mm. but we don't, I just don't want it to come across to my kids as a taboo. Like, oh, we don't talk about sex. Yeah. Because I I feel a little bit um, shy or sheepish or embarrassed or whatever. I mean, it's an intimate, private matter. It is private. Yeah. And certain parts of it and aspects of it should remain private. I agree with that wholeheartedly as much as you are comfortable with, which brings me to my next point. I don't th- – I think taboos are determined by – who is involved in that equation. My mm. taboo and your taboo are two different things. Mm. And a taboo should only be a taboo because we decide as a collective in, a, in our sexual relationship that we're not comfortable with that. Mm. But outside of those parameters, whatever we're comfortable with, go, have fun. Like mm. You shouldn't be inhibited because of society and thoughts around that. If you and your partner or multiple partners for that matter, (laughs) are Mm. comfortable with Mm. it and it's consensual, that's a healthy place to be. Amen, Charlene. So, it's a tricky conversation, guys, but how about we keep talking? Yeah, 
uh, thank you to those brave listeners who have shared their thoughts with us. If there's any more who, who didn't get their questions in before the interview and if there's just thoughts that you had you wanted to share with us afterwards, please, you know this. We want you to chat with us, weigh in um, on these conversations, swear, rant, cry, laugh, whatever emotion you're having. DM us a voice note on Instagram at The Great Equalizer Podcast or you can record one on your phone as some of the listeners have done and you can email it to us at thegreatequalizer.za at gmail.com. Also, when it comes to your bombing at bombing moments or your bad mom moments, please feel free to tag us in your Instagram or Facebook posts with the hashtags hashtag bombing at momming or hashtag bad mom moments and just tag the great equalizer so that we know that um, you are doing all the things or feeling shit about something and dropping the ball. And so we can engage with you about your bombing at momming or, or bad mom moments. We've had so much fun with the ones that yeah. that uh, our listeners and followers have, have tagged us in. Thank you so much for that. Keep them coming. Your support is super important to us. And you have no idea how much every like, love, and any engagement on, on your part um, or every share means to us. Yeah, guys, there's a space for you. And also, you're welcome to DM us anytime. If you have a mom that needs a shout-out or a rad dad, mm-hmm. for that matter, mm. nominate them. Let us know that you want to give them a shout-out and we'll do that. It helps if we do have a an Instagram handle for them. Yes. But, um, yeah, we, we'd love to give them a shout-out. We just, even for the most mundane things. Exactly. It's time we acknowledge each other and, and share in the, the, the ups and downs of this upside down. Indeed. <laughs> so please don't forget um, to hit that subscribe button so that um, you get notified every week when there's a new episode out. We come out on Mondays if you haven't noticed the new trend over the past couple of weeks. And remember to review us on Apple Podcasts or rate us on Facebook or any of the listening platforms that you prefer to listen to us on. The more we're seen, the better this podcast can do and the show, the, the more we can make sure that we're relevant and we can do better for you. And so, Charlene, that's it for this week. Until next time, keep, keep your, your mom game strong. For more on today's show, please head on over to our website at www.thegreatequalizerza.com or catch us on Instagram at The Great Equalizer Podcast or on Facebook. If you want something a little more personal, email us at thegreatequalizer.za at gmail.com and we'll get back to you. See you later. See you later. Phil, what is that? You know, we don't have to go to Fratelli's tonight. Okay, what do you have in mind? Well, I thought you might enjoy a night at a hotel. I would. But would you and the kids be okay? I'm meant together. I know, I know, I know, got it. 
So, what do you think? I think you're not getting any sleep tonight. So you might want to take a nap at work today. I always do. Thank you.